On this week's show, Naver completes their acquisition of Poshmark, who promptly announces a $50,000 giveaway, and a VHS tape sells for $80,000. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 189 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. If this is your first time here, my name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber and podcaster, bringing you... Maybe not all, but most, or at least a good portion of the reselling news and some what sold updates, some things that are going on here among my various reselling platforms. It's good to have you aboard. Thank you so much, as always, for spending a little bit of your time with me today. We'll get this out of the way real quickly. If you're not currently a subscriber or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that. And if you're watching on YouTube and you get something useful out of this episode at some point during the venture, if you could do me a solid and click that thumbs up button. That would be awesome. So, like I said, we got a bunch of stuff going on this week in the news. Some of it is just kind of fun, and some of it is interesting. And then I've got a pretty big what sold recap at the end. It's been a pretty killer start to 2023 here at the Galaxy. But let's just jump right in to this reselling news. News updates. So Naver has completed their acquisition of Poshmark. We talked about this in a special episode back in the fall uh, that this uh, South Korean company, uh, their equivalent, I guess, of Google, was going to be purchasing Poshmark. And that acquisition is now complete. This article, which is over on payments.com, uh, Naver has completed its previously announced acquisition of Poshmark and aims to grow it globally. The Korean internet company said in a Thursday, January 5th press release that its purchase of the social shopping platform will create a global online fashion e-commerce player and accelerates its effort to build a global e-commerce portfolio and reach markets that were previously untapped. Quote, I'm confident Naver's leading technology in search AI recommendation and e-commerce tools will enhance the user experience for the Poshmark community and create additional value for all our stakeholders. Naver CEO Suyan Choi said in the release, Naver and Poshmark will immediately be well positioned to compete globally in the future and benefit from consumer to consumer as a major revenue source. So going forward, they say the new combination will focus on increasing purchase conversion rates deepening user engagement, building live streaming commerce, which is a big thing we've talked about on this show numerous times, the advent of things like whatnot. Poshmark has added now their live shows and so on. Uh, eBay has even talked about doing this as well. So this is becoming an increasingly big piece of the future of reselling. I'm not convinced that it's something I'm personally interested in doing, but I do have people that I talk to regularly that are having quite a, a, quite a bit of good success with it. Uh, they also want to enhance re-commerce verticals, experiences around relationships and discovery, according to the release. Uh, this purchase, this acquisition was announced, as I said, back in the fall. Although investors had been running scared, Naver and others saw value and growth opportunities in the resale space because economic factors are working in favor of platforms that allow consumers to both make money from selling stuff and save money by buying used items. Similarly, they note eBay said later in October that it would turn its own situation around by catering to a rising demand for secondhand luxury goods, which we've talked about numerous times on this show as well, their efforts to really go after the sneaker market, the luxury handbag, luxury watch market, and those sorts of things. And 
Key, moving back to its own origins as a place for used items. We're leaning into where Gen Z and the millennials are, said E. eBay's CEO. At the time, there's a bigger focus on sustainability and re-commerce. eBay is really the pioneer, and that gives us an opportunity. With the completion of the acquisition by Naver, Poshmark will retain its existing brand, employee base, and California headquarters, as Naver said when announcing the planned acquisition back in October. As part of Naver, we'll benefit from their financial resources, significant technology capabilities, and leading presence across Asia, to expand our platform and enhance our user experience. So there you go. That acquisition is now complete. If you are a seller over on Poshmark, you can let me know if you see any changes in the near future. They had announced, obviously, things like this live selling beta and all of that kind of prior to this announcement. So we'll see how things go kind of over the next six months or a year now that this acquisition is complete. And what I'm sure is a totally unrelated thing Uh, Poshmark is giving away $50,000 to attract new listings. This article is over on e-commerce bites. And as always, I will link to this and all of these articles down in the show notes and the video description below. Poshmark will give five lucky people $10,000 each to encourage sellers to list new items. The January 10K listing event sweepstakes runs from January 1st through February 5th. For a chance to win one of the weekly drawings, sellers must create new listings. Poshmark's rules explain applies to all newly listed items except copied or duplicated listings. Eligible listings must be either marked for sale, drop soon, or reposh. As it tweeted, list on Poshmark and you're automatically entered. And there's a copy of their tweet here. How exciting. Do you sell on Poshmark? Uh, let us know <laughs> uh, in the comments at, at, at any point over the next month if you are one of the weekly winners. The more you list, the better your chances of winning, they explained in their blog post, where it encouraged sellers with the following advice. Snap a few quality picks. Try styling your items in different ways like lay flat, wall hang, modeling it, and more. Fill in the details. Write a descriptive title and description that includes details like the brand and material to appear in more searches. Post it. Share your listing on social channels to boost search volume and exposure. There is a link in this article to the sweepstakes terms and conditions if you're interested in participating in that. So there you go, Poshmark, uh, giving away some of Naver's money already. <laughs> uh, over at Amazon, uh, they are announcing a new metric to rate listings. They introduced this uh One aspect of product detail pages, the new metric is called potential sales lift, and it identifies listings that are missing key attributes. This will remind those of you who sell mostly on eBay of all their squawking about item specifics. This is the same kind of thing, and Amazon is apparently trying to tackle that same issue where Sellers are listing things with just the barest amount of information, which hinders the site's ability to surface it correctly in search with their various drop-down menus and so forth. So this is something that eBay has been harping on for quite some time. Amazon is now announcing a metric to kind of attack the same issue. It goes further by showing sellers how much their sales might improve if they spend the time to add the missing attributes to their listings. That's something that eBay does not do. There's no kind of here's here's your potential lift if you do it. Sometimes in the, what is it, the listing quality report, it will suggest 
how many sellers, how many similar listings use whatever the technique is that they're suggesting, but it doesn't really give you any kind of a dollar amount of what the potential sales lift might be. But this potential sales lift metric over on Amazon will be found on the seller's listing quality dashboard. Amazon explained the benefit of the new metric writing with potential sales lift. You can prioritize making the listing improvements that offer the most value to you. I can only assume that the algorithm is set up to highlight those that will also be the most productive for Amazon, but that's that's just me. A longtime commenter on the Amazon seller discussion boards who goes by the handle Dog Tamer noted the feature was not yet available to all sellers and said such delays were more the norm than the exception. This is true on most of these platforms, these new kind of procedures and new techniques and new options and features tend to roll out over time. Not everybody gets access to them at the same time. Another seller noted it was impossible for anyone but brands to correct detail pages and said they'd be happy to improve their listings if given the chance. So if you're a seller over on Amazon, have you seen this new metric? Are you able to go in and update your listings uh, according to whatever metric they say would be uh, improved if you did? Uh, the gift that keeps on giving, we have been talking about this, I feel like, forever. Amid a flurry of new info, Judge gives a redo to the Natick couple suing eBay for harassment. If you're a longtime follower of the show, you have heard me talk about this situation numerous times. But some of the criminal cases have now been settled. And with the information that came from those criminal cases, the judge in the civil case is now granted the couple an opportunity to reconfigure their lawsuit. After the criminal cases unveiled new info about an eBay harassment campaign, a judge has granted the couple suing the company more time to update their lawsuit. This Natic couple who runs e-commerce bites, by the way, a site that we talk about frequently and use as a resource on this show, to be fair, so to give proper credit, uh, suing eBay and its former chief executive over a bizarre harassment scheme will get a chance to expand the lawsuit they filed back in 2021 with new information, such as a company presentation admitting some employees' actions were quote-unquote clearly criminal. U.S. District Judge Douglas Woodlock ruled on Wednesday that David and Ina Steiner could submit a revised complaint, including details that came out in 2022 when five of eBay's former employees were sentenced for crimes arising from the scheme. New details that came out last year included a previously confidential 34 page PowerPoint presentation eBay lawyers made to prosecutors that conceded that some of its employees' actions were clearly criminal and former CEO David Devin Wenig's tone was improper and unacceptable. He, to be fair, has not been charged with any wrongdoing. He claims that he had nothing to do and no knowledge of this, but it appears from this filing that his tone and his attitude probably created the culture which encouraged these people to go down this path. So he may not yet be out of the woods. Uh, court filings also exposed messages and emails between Wenig and Jim Baugh, the former eBay security chief who masterminded the harassment scheme and was sentenced to almost five years in prison last year. Wenig, who left the company a month after the scheme was exposed, has said he knew nothing of the harassment and, as I noted, has not been charged by prosecutors. Uh, that does not mean that he won't be. Uh, th that's going to be the really interesting piece of this to watch. Woodlock essentially ruled for a do-over on the lawsuit, giving the signers until February 15th, so a little over a month, to file a revised complaint. He also removed himself and handed the case over to District Judge Patty Saris, who is more familiar with the harassment incident 
after overseeing several of the criminal cases. That does not bode well for eBay because <laughs> uh, she already knows what is going on and has already ruled, obviously, against the former eBay employees in many of these cases. So this uh, this looks like a, a big potential opportunity. The allegations in the original complaint have been obscured by a massive accumulation of paper that does not provide a simple, concise, and direct statement of currently plausible claims and counterclaims, Woodlock wrote in his order. Plaintiffs are entitled to state their claims in light of the current development of litigation bearing on their civil case before motion to dismiss practice is completed. The Steiners, as I mentioned, run the website e-commerce bites that covers news on at eBay, among others. In 2019, Wedding complained to subordinates, including Baugh, about the site. Baugh then orchestrated the harassment campaign, which we have described ad nauseum, and I'm not going to get into here. The original lawsuit filed back in July of 2021. The Steiners said they had been emotionally and psychologically tortured. Among a dozen counts, the lawsuit alleged the company, Wenig, Baugh, and other former employees had inflicted emotional distress and violated the Racketeer-Influenced and Corruptions, Corrupt Organizations Act, otherwise known as RICO. Uh, it also sought unspecified damages, which I can only imagine are significant. Um... Definitely speeds up the litigation timeline. We're now able to include all of the defendants' admissions and acceptances of responsibility in the civil complaint. eBay and a lawyer for the company, of course, did not respond to these news. So there you go. That will continue now, obviously, well into 2023. So this has been dragging on for an excessively long time. But the handwriting is on the wall that eBay is probably going to have to pony up a fairly significant amount of money on this deal. Last thing in the news, this over on giantfreakinrobot.com, a VHS tape sells for $80,000 after YouTubers destroy all other copies in a wood chipper. <laughs> ah, amazing. Red Letter Media destroyed the other known copies of the movie Nuki to have the final one balloon to $80,000 on eBay. Uh, the article says, if you're a fan of movies and humor, you may be familiar with Red Letter Media, the YouTubers who regularly watch terrible films and provide hilarious discussions about them. One long-running gag with the group is that they have collected numerous copies of the horrible 80s alien movie Nuki on VHS, never watching it, but instead using it in creative ways like replenishing tapes on Junka, their VHS version of Jenga. Recently, the group released a video where they both watched Nuki and then destroyed all but one of their copies in a wood chipper to, art wood chipper to artificially inflate the value of the remaining tape, ultimately selling it for over $80,000. They do note all funds from that did go to charity. So really good. That If you're a seller of VHS tape, you already know that the old campy, like 80s era, some of the sci-fi, but particularly the horror movies can bring pretty good money. Uh, but this was a really interesting take on that whole thing and destroying it in a wood chipper. I bet it was a fascinating YouTube video. Hilarious. I can only imagine to watch. So, but they destroyed all the copies and then were able to donate $80,000 to charity. So <laughs> congratulations to them. And if you watch that on YouTube, you can let me know down in the comments what you thought about that whole thing. So very, very cool with all that out of the way, that's going to wrap up the news. And speaking of sales, let's talk about some of the stuff I sold over the last week. Uh, 
as I mentioned in the kind of intro, 2023 has gotten off to a terrific start. At one point, I was up to last year about 1,200%. (laughs) Uh, So pretty outstanding. That's come back to earth a little bit, but I'm still up. Uh, through yesterday, which would have been January 7th, uh, I'm still up about 130% in sales and a similar amount in margin, which we'll discuss a little bit as we go through some of this what sold stuff. This first item, I picked up a bunch of these back, man, it's probably been a year ago last fall. So I've had these for a long, long time. Uh, They were five by seven framed prints of railroad memorabilia. So Santa Fe, uh, Burlington Northern, kind of older 50s, 60s, 70s era prints. Some were photos, some were paintings. They were all framed with a glass, with the glass still intact. I picked up probably 10 or 12 of these for a buck a piece and have had them listed on my eBay store for a long, long time for $24.99 plus priority mail shipping. And I finally sold one. So I've made my money back on these things. Finally, uh, this was the CBQ Burlington route EMD locomotive and passenger train framed painting print. So they're really cool. Train memorabilia collectors can sometimes spend a lot of money. We'll get into that here again in a little bit. They really love this stuff. So I assumed that these were going to be pretty quick sellers and pretty profitable. I think ultimately they're probably going to be relatively profitable, but they have not turned out, unfortunately, to be that quick of a seller. Religious books, I talk almost weekly about religious books and how well they sell. This was a Holy Bible National Press Edition, Teacher's Pronouncing Edition, in a zippered leather pouch. This was probably from the 1940s or 1950s. It was undated. I find that a lot. In Bibles, there's no publication date. Sometimes there will be a copyright date referring to the original date that that particular version of the Bible had been published, but it's not necessarily indicative of the date that that individual book had been published. This thing was actually in reasonably good condition. The leather was a little bit worn around the edges, but the zipper worked. The pages were fairly clean. This was part of an estate sale buy. I own this book for 50 cents. It sold for $24.99 plus customer paid media mail shipping. I'm going to have several items today in this lot that are part of a new kind of project that I'm working on with my brother. My brother owns a warehouse in northern Ohio, kind of north central Ohio in the Piqua area. And he had a former associate, employee, some uh, a gentleman who helped them out in the warehouse. And he was a bit older and didn't have any family. And he had stored a enormous amount of stuff in my brother's warehouse. He passed away a year or a year and a half ago. And his family has decided to wash their hands of everything in this warehouse. So I have agreed to help my brother try to liquidate some of this stuff. Some of it they're selling locally. Some of it I'm picking up when I go up for holidays and whatever. And this is kind of some of the stuff from the first batch of that. Essentially what we're doing is I'm listing it, deducting all of the selling fees, and then we're going to split the profits 50-50. So the margins on these items are not going to be probably as large as they would have been on other items, but... 50% on a bunch of stuff that I essentially didn't have to buy to begin with, so I have no initial cash cash outlay. I'm kind of okay with this first item is a vintage Simpson 260 Series 3 volt ohm millimeter meter. It was untested. The battery compartment was actually really, really clean, so the guy had taken pretty good care of this. It did not have the test leads. It was just the unit itself. 
I listed this thing for $29.99 plus shipping, and it sold for $25 plus shipping on a best offer. Next up, a book from the big 15,000 book lot. So this is one that I own for less than five cents. Um, Sort of unrelated update. I just did another big buy of about somewhere between 32 and 3,500 books from a friend of mine, uh, someone I used to work with that I've actually made a purchase from before. So I've got another 3,000 plus books. My storage unit I had whittled down to a manageable amount and now it is completely full again. (laughs) Uh, So there's going to be a lot more books uh, as always on this, but this is one from the original Big Lot. We were there. The USS Indianapolis Tragedy. This was a a hardcover with its dust jacket. was an illustrated book from 2005. I had it listed for $34.99 plus media mail shipping. It sold sold on a 15% off offer for $27.49 for sale over on Etsy from 1918 the Burton Holmes Travelogues volume four this was leather bound this particular book covered southern Italy and Switzerland he published a whole series of these traveling around the world really cool interesting illustrated leather bound books this sold for 29.99 plus media mail shipping it's also from that big lot so cost of goods sold was less than a nickel uh same deal from that lot also on etsy the millennial harbinger an abridged volume this was volume two from benjamin lyon smith this was a hardcover from the early 1900s this sold for 32.99 plus media mail shipping on a cost of goods sold of less than five cents a random uh, Blu-ray DVD. This was in a box of stuff that was just kind of miscellaneous things that I had picked up in an estate sale. It was a sealed DVD of the 24-hour war, war, Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans. This was actually, if I'm not mistaken, part of a two-DVD set, two-Blu-ray set that included a movie an actual movie rather than a documentary about this thing. And it got separated somehow and ended up in this box. I essentially recorded it on my accounting for 10 cents because I didn't know what else to do with it because I didn't know it was even in there. Uh, This thing sold for $39.99 plus media mail shipping. So that's a very cool sale. Be on the lookout for that. The documentary, The 24-Hour War, Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans Blu-ray, especially if it's sealed That's a $40 unit all day long. From 1969, over on Etsy, the Time Life Illustrated Library of Cooking. This was a complete 10-volume set. It sold for $45.99, less 10% off. I'm running 10% off this month over on Etsy, so $4.60 off. Essentially sold for $40. Uh, I own these books for about $0.15 a piece, so I got a buck and a half in this thing and sold it for $40 plus media mail shipping. Not... Individually, obviously not all that huge, but a $45 sale is a $45 sale. This one, however, was a little bit better. Uh, History of Private Life by Philippe Aries um, and George Duby. This was all five volumes of this in trade paperback. I had sold this set in hardcover some time ago for about $75. I had this set in trade paperback from an estate sale. I own these for about $0.50 a piece as well. So this is $2.50 cost of goods sold. Sold for fifty four ninety nine less the uh, this one was from last late last month when it was fifteen percent off so eight dollars off so forty six dollars and some change on an initial investment of two dollars and fifty cents. This was part of again the big 
um, project with my brother. This was a, a piece I could not find any cost information on. I, I looked everywhere. I was on aircraft manufacturer sites. I was on aircraft parts manufacturer sites trying to find a current value for this item, and I could not come up with anything. This is a Grimes Position Light wingtip intensity, high-intensity oscillating light, and it had its part number. I had, of course, no way to test this thing. I had no idea if it worked. Really had no idea what its value was. So I put it up at an auction starting at $79.99. And it almost immediately got a bid, and that was the only person. <laughs> uh, it only got a few looks, even. Uh, but again, seventy nine ninety nine. My net on it, all told, would probably be about thirty two bucks after everything's said and done. So, interesting piece. Not something. I, I don't know. I may have picked this up if I had found it individually, but it was just in one of the boxes of stuff that my brother sent down. Eighty bucks. Now we're getting into some money. Uh, This was a book, uh, again, also from The Big Lot. So this is another sub five center. The Day Before Yesterday, Reminiscences of a Varied Life by Maitland Armstrong. This was a hardcover first edition from 1920. I had it listed for $119.99 or best offer. Someone started watching it. I sent a 15% off offer out and sold it for $101. 99 plus media mail shipping. Uh, customers already received it and left glowing feedback on the condition of this 100 plus year old book. So be on the lookout for that one day before yesterday by Maitland Armstrong. Part of my brother's big lot of stuff, there was a box that had a bunch of kind of 1960s and early 1970s NASA documentation in it. And part of them was some press releases from NASA or the companies that were associated with it. So Bell Systems and Grumman and those different companies. And I started listing them, some of them at auction. And I had a customer that reached out to me on a whole bunch of them and made me some offers. This particular one is the Space Associates Press Information Kit and the Apollo 8 Mission Press Kit. So there were two of them in this lot that I sold for $150 plus customer paid shipping. This person reached out to me on multiple items, all told this one individual spent north of $250 on these old NASA kind of Apollo era documents. There were diagrams and drawings and newsletters and press releases. It was a really fascinating, I'm a big fan. I was kind of raised at the, I was born, kind of caught the tail end of the Apollo missions And really neat stuff to go back and review. And this guy bought, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 documents totaling well over $250. So that was outstanding. Again, splitting the net profit with my brother 50-50. Still a pretty good deal, but a really nice sale. Uh, All to one individual, 250 bucks. We talked a little bit about the railroading stuff. And I haven't talked about model railroad magazines in a while, but I had a big hit on those. I had a guy that reached out and bought... 14 different years worth of prototype and model railroad magazines all told paid $204.31 plus uh, I ended up shipping them UPS so I saved the guy a little bit of money it was a little less than $70 to ship these on three different boxes uh, 14 years worth of magazines it ended up being 159 magazines total so a buck 60 something roughly a piece my cost of goods sold is eight cents per issue, so ninety six cents a year on the full twelve months. Uh, really, really nice sale. 
204.31 plus shipping. On a normal week, that would be the flip of the week. This week, this is the flip of the week. Uh, This is also from my brother's collection of stuff. Los Angeles Lakers game used floor from the original forum uh, from the actual basketball court when they disbanded the original forum court in, I think, 1982-ish. I could be mistaken on that, but they cut the floor up into pieces and sold them off. This was a piece of one of the end lines or side lines. Looks to me like probably an end line with uh, the paint on it. Came with a little plaque and its certificate of authenticity from the Lakers. These were selling anywhere from $250 to $350. I listed this for $349.99 or best offer. It had a ton of watchers. I sent out some 15% off offers. Didn't get any bites and I got an offer for $300, which was the number my brother said if we could get $300 for it to go ahead and sell it. So I sold it. Uh, Again, an item the customer has already received and left glowing feedback on. What a cool piece of history it is. Really nice piece in its box. The box had a little bit of wear on it from storage, uh, but the floor was really cool. So you're probably not likely to stumble on one of these, but uh, if you do, it's probably worth taking a look at. Los Angeles Lakers game used floor in its original box from the Forum Court. This was from, I think, the late 1960s through the early 1980s was the era that this particular floor was played on. So really, really cool piece. Probably one we should have kept, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I was a big Lakers fan back in the day, uh, so that's kind of in the era, the kind of, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar era, Uh, but really, really cool piece. Let me know, uh, how's your 2023 started off? It's been, uh, obviously, with the addition of some of this stuff, it has been really, really good, a really strong start to the year. I've got a ton of stuff left to list, plus now the extra 3,000 odd books that I bought. So I've got a busy few months (laughs) Uh, ahead of me, but uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with some additional reselling news and hopefully some more cool stuff that's sold. As always, thanks for spending a little bit of time here. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.